0: Hello, everyone. Uh, I'd like to welcome you back to a multi-part series that we've been doing, myself and Dr. J. Smith, on the historical criticism as it relates to Islam in general. And uh, in the last at least part, we've been talking about geographical criticism related to a prominent city in the history of Islam, and that's Mecca. And Dr. J. Smith brilliantly uh, presented all available data and research data that was done by scholars Uh, in relationship to the trade routes, uh, the existence of Mecca on ancient maps, and today he is going to continue uh, along the line of these discussions. Dr. Smith, thank you again.
1: Oh, so good to be back with you again. Uh, and remember when we, la- when we left our last discussion, we were looking at historical problems that uh, with Mecca, the fact that there is just no reference to it. Uh, we can't find any reference to any of the documentation. Dr. Patricia Krone, uh, uh starting with SOAS, uh, then she went to Oxford, then she went to Cambridge, and she finally ended off uh, at Princeton University, where she just passed away a, a year ago, uh, wrote the most damaging material back in 1987 when she wrote her book, Meccan Trade and the Rise of Islam, which caused a... Uh, fatwa that we put on her head, and she was given a death threat because of that book. Uh, that's what Muslims, uh, Muslim, unfortunately, they don't know what to do with that kind of criticism. Rather than dealing with the criticism and finding references to Mecca, they put a death threat on her head, and she had to move from Oxford and move to Cambridge. Uh, and but even there, it, was, it became so hostile and so um, uh, toxic in Cambridge, she then moved to uh, Princeton, from what I understand. So in Princeton, she continued her research. But what was fascinating is this research, had the, the damage had already been done in 1987 with her book, On three. and I encourage people to read it because it's so well-documented and it's so well-sourced. And the difficulty is, there's just no source whatsoever for Mecca until 741. Uh, that's the first reference we have from Mecca. Correct. There is no map that shows it until 900. The first map that has Mecca on it is not till 900. Muhammad died in 632. Can you see? That's three almost 300 years later that they finally get it on a map. Absolutely. So it's obvious that this is a later uh, inclusion. So now let's look, and let's look at this next slide because now we want to look at where Mecca is today. And when you look at Mecca today, You'll see the Royal Clock Tower that is there, uh, the Abraj al Bayt Tower. And that is, uh, it's a huge, enormously tall building, the fourth largest, highest building in the world today. Correct. Enormously. You can just dominate the skyline there in Mecca. It has the world's largest clock face. I think it's 45 feet across the clock, clock face of the tower itself. It's modeled on Big Ben, uh, because they would like to make Mecca the center of time. They would like this time to start in Mecca. Correct. So it'll be Meccan mean time, rather than Greenwich mean time, because they believe that it, it uh, it's the beginning of, it's the first settlement of mankind. And they, they really want to bring it back so that all time starts there in Mecca. I really hope that doesn't work. I hope that that will not be the clock. But what they're doing, if you, if you look at the next slide, this is what they're going to be doing with Mecca. Mecca. Take a look at it and what do you notice?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure this required a lot of demolition work. Ooh, you've got it. In order to build all those buildings, now those
1: are four different plans, four different models of what Mecca is going to look like. They haven't chosen yet which one of them, but every one of them requires an awful lot of demolition, requires an awful lot. And take a look at this map, this picture here. They have to destroy an awful lot, to build the pillars, to build the, they're, they're planning 62 to 65 skyscrapers all around the Kaaba. There you can see the Kaaba right in the middle. And notice all the cranes that are there. This is as we speak, this is what it looks like right now. Cranes everywhere, building, building all over the place. Now, when you build, what do you do? You've got to dig down. That's right. To build the foundations. foundations. And when you build the foundations, you usually find artifacts. That's correct. Especially
0: in a place like this?
1: Especially if it's the oldest city in mankind. And if it's the most historical city of mankind, it's where Abraham lived, where Adam and Eve were sent to, according to tradition. Uh, You go to anywhere, uh, if you go to Jerusalem or you go to Amman or any of these great cities, Damascus, whenever they uh, have building sites, what's the first thing they do? They bring archaeologists in. When you go to London, archaeologists are always called into building sites. Why? Because they... Are the, are the building uh, construction engineers do a big favor for archeologists, they dig quickly, they dig deep. And when you dig deep, you find artifacts from past ages, right. from past centuries. And in, normally, almost in every uh, building site, you find all kinds of artifacts. Guess what they have found in Mecca? Guess how many artifacts they have found? I'm guessing big zero. Zero, not a thing. They haven't found any artifacts. From the seventh century, That's amazing. Or earlier. Nothing. Can you then understand why they're now building? I think this is my own, this is Jay Smith's own personal view, why they are actually cementing everything up. If you go back to that picture that we have up there, you'll notice that they have Khadijah's house has now been cemented over. The house where Muhammad grew up has now been cemented over. Since when do you cement over such historically and religious places of religious significance? Unless, of course, there is no significance with these buildings. That's correct. There is no historical validation. And I think they know, they know that they cannot prove any historical, uh, any historicity for Mecca. And that's why they're cementing it all over, My that's my own personal view, so that they cover up all the evidence. Much like what we talked about, what Uthman did with the artifact, all the manuscripts that did not agree, he burned them. This is the new uh, rendition of that. now. If you're going to dismantle Mecca, and if you have a problem with Mecca, then you come to the third big problem, and that would be the Qibla.
0: And that's, of course, let me explain to our audience who are not familiar with the term, that Qibla is when you face Mecca during prior
1: time. And every Muslim must face that's Mecca. Right. And that comes... Uh, from Surah 2, aisle 145 to 149. In the Quran, it says that they changed their prayer from Jerusalem to the Great Mosque. Although the Quran never said Jerusalem. Doesn't say, or doesn't say Mecca. It says from the farthest mosque to the Great Mosque. In Surah 17, IO one, he went from the the Great Mosque to the Farthest Mosque. I mean, he goes, this idea in the Farthest Mosque would, uh, 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 today the narrative is that's Jerusalem. Al-Aqsa, that's right and of course we're going to get to al-Aqsa because you can see even that's a misnomer because al-Aqsa didn't exist that's correct that was at
0: least when the surah was revealed it wasn't there so when was al-Aqsa built 709
1: hold on to that we're going to come back to that that's hugely significant that's correct. now you can see why we're now moving into the Qibla. see the Qibla is really where is really the most problematic thing for Muslims right now because every muslim from 621 on that's when the qibla was canonized according to surah 2 that was canonized down to they say mecca it doesn't say so in the quran it just says to the holy place they uh, well, actually haram isn't it so it's not yes, holy it's
0: haram yeah
1: and explain that what that means uh, it's just a holy place basically okay so that's where they assume is mecca why didn't it write it mecca in the quran
0: there's a lot of these uh, wonderful questions. I mean, why did they write about Muhammad every time? Why didn't it write about Mecca every time? And there's always these descriptions, and it's almost like somebody came in later and filled the gap. And who came in later and filled the gap? Who that's, are we talking about? W- that's where Ibn Hisham, Hisham al
1: muhadi Exactly. So these are all references from the 9th century saying where these places are. Everything we know about Mecca and about the Qibla Explaining what the Quran is saying are all from the 9th century on, from 833 on, 200 years after the fact. We're going to come to that, but can you see now? So, whenever a Muslim says, Oh, of course, that's Mecca, because we know from the very beginning, I said, No, not from the very beginning, from 200 years after, you know that's Mecca, but not from the 7th century and not from the Quran. Don't use the Quran as your authority, it says nothing about Mecca. That's correct. The Qibla is not towards Mecca any city called Mecca. So let's continue. Let's look at the Qibla and let's look and see those pictures there. That's the direction of prayer today is always towards that Kaaba, that square building, that black building. That's right, the center of Mecca. When we look over here, you'll see that you find the Qibla. um, uh, If you go into a lot of mosque you'll see that mihrab that Correct. that structure that's the in that always places where it is so you always know where to pray uh there you can see an arrow that came from my hotel room there in uh, kuala lumpur in malaysia i knew exactly where the Qibla was many people have it on the app on their phone yes, absolutely so today there you can get it on your phone for you can always know where mecca is but surah 2i 143 150 gives that direction uh and according to tradition this happened in 624 that the Qibla was changed. Actually, Qibla was changed two years after Muhammad was in, Medi- uh, in uh, Medina. Correct. Because the Jews wouldn't support him. Yes, it, it was a political move, without a doubt. So, to, to, uh, as a slap in the face for the Jews, he then brought it back down to Mecca, according to the tradition. Uh, but it doesn't say this in the Quran. That's correct. So, let's now look and let's uh, ask some questions about this. And to do that, we need to go back to the earliest archaeological evidence, and that's Creswell and Fehavari. These are two scholars in 1905 who were digging around that part of the world. They went to Iraq. What is today Iraq? It wasn't Iraq at that time. They went to Jerusalem. Uh, sorry, to uh, Cairo, which is in uh, Egypt, and they started digging down to the earliest mosques that they could find, the Fustat Mosque, which is outside of Cairo, and the Wasit and the Kufa Mosque, which are in Iraq. These are well-known mosques. They, they're they're, uh, they're structure still exists today, and they dug down to the original floor pans, and they noticed that in Cairo, in Fustat, that the mosque was not facing Mecca at all. In Wasit and in Kufa, which are in Iraq, they weren't facing Mecca at all. Take a look at this map, and you can see where they were facing. You can see Fustat on the left, Wasit and Kufa on the right. They were facing straight in
0: towards east and west, but look where Mecca is, it's way south. So, you know, Dr. Smith, let me play the devil's advocate. And I want to say, well, I mean, they weren't facing exactly Mecca, but they were facing almost like in the direction of Mecca.
1: Oh, is it? Look at that Mecca. Is that anywhere close to the direction of Mecca? That's true. And Can that's you see where Mecca is? And that's the map is
0: going to be helpful for people to
1: see that. Fustat was facing directly east. Wasit and Kufa were facing directly west. By the way, these are people Mecca that New directions. This was known in 1905. They just mentioned it. They didn't say anything about it. They didn't make, come to any conclusions. They were nothing more than, than archeologists who were saying, isn't this interesting? And I'm
0: saying the Arabs of those days, they knew directions.
1: They would have known directions because if they didn't know the directions, they, they were nomads uh, on a, a, a huge desert with sand dunes. Exactly. that change with the wind. If you don't know your direction, you die because exactly. you don't know where the next oasis is. So that was the first time in 1905 that there was a problem. Now, most people in 1905, even Kresla and Fervari, thought that this, they were just facing Jerusalem. And I remember when I did my first debate, I thought it was Jerusalem. I said that. If you look at my debate in 1995 with Jamal Badawi, I said, this must be Jerusalem. The very, that's very same year, the Muslims hammered me and says, Mr. Smith, you have no idea what you're talking about. Jerusalem is, you're off by three to five degrees. I wish I'd listened to them more carefully. I just thought, okay, so they, it was off by three to five degrees, but it's not Mecca. I'm just off by three to five degrees. And I wonder what was it facing, right? Well, this is where Dan <laughs> yeah. Gibson has come across. Now we do know, we have the uh, documentary evidence from Jacob of Odessa in 705, he mentions this. Curiously, he says, So from all this it is clear that it is not to the south that the Jews and the Maghre, that's the Arabs, here in the regions of Syria. Notice he he doesn't use the word Muslims. That's right. He uses Maghre. But towards Jerusalem or the Kaaba, the patriarchal places of their races. Ooh. To, 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 to. Now, till this day, no one really understood why Ma- Jacob Ades was saying, that. they just thought, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And that has always been pretty much thrown out as nothing that's important until Patricia Crone and Dr. Michael Cook picked this up. Said, now we know why he said this. He was, he was living in 705. In 705, they were not facing Mecca. Wait a hmm. minute, Muhammad died in 632. The Qibla was canonized in 624 this is 705. Now we're in the 8th century, and Jacob Odessa Edessa is, has this kind of evidence. Something is going on here. Something's wrong here. Now let's go and let's look at Dan Gibson. This is where Dan Gibson comes into the story. Dan Gibson, my memory, I said he did his research from 1979 to 2004. He lived in that area, worked amongst the people, learned the language, saw that there were problems, so he decided to find and go one step further. He wanted to find out where these mosques were facing if they weren't facing Mecca, then what were, he, what were they facing? So he noted the kiblas. He went to the Qibla walls. He took uh, uh, GPS coordinates at that time. Correct. He did not use Google Maps. <laughs> there were no Google Maps back then. And even now, in fact, as we speak, he's overseas, he's found 50 new moths. He's working on them even as we speak. He is not using Google Maps. He's using a much more sophisticated, coming out of MIT and also from the Japan Geological Survey. He uses their coordinates that take into consideration a curvature of the Earth. Google Map doesn't do it. It's just a flat Earth, correct? Because they're not talking about thousands of miles. So he used the, G- the GPS that's coming out of those locations now. I want you to look at these mosques. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through them and maybe you can comment them as you see them. Uh, now he, he looked, uh, he, he in his book called The Sacred City and the Early Islamic Qiblas, which just came out last year in 2017, he started with this mosque. This is the first one and this is the mosque of the two Qiblas. That's found in Medina, basically. Found in Medina and the date is 627. And if you look at the green line, the green arrow, that's where the mosque is facing today. But it was always called the Mosque of the Two Qiblas. People didn't understand why, because there's only one Qibla there. You can see where the Qibla wall is. Until 1987, they did a renovation of the mosque. And as they were digging down, they came across that little tail
0: over off to the left, and that's where they found the first Qibla, much older Qibla. Take a look where that red arrow is facing. That's, I mean, Muslims will say it was Jerusalem, but it's pointing away from Mecca anyway. It's almost
1: completely different than Mecca. The completely almost almost the opposite direction. Uh, if you look and you put it on a large-scale map, it seems to look at Jerusalem. So most people thought, ah, this was to Jerusalem. But it wasn't to Jerusalem. So now... He looked at the second mosque. Now, this is way over in Guangzhou. This is in Canton, in China. Look at the date, 627. Built in 627, look at the degree of error. And notice he's putting three different cities up there. Petra, Jerusalem, Mecca. The closest city, if you look at those four dials at the bottom, those four dials are each, this is all Dan Gibson's material, all of this is plagiarized from Dan Gibson. I've got permission from him to do this. But this is to show you what he has found. When you look at those four dials, they're going to show you how close in each one or how far in each one they are. Very close to Jerusalem, 4.86 degrees off, but
0: which is closer? 2.81 degrees from Petra. Dr. Smith, this is a very very important topic and I like us really to dedicate maybe an entire part to talk about... Should we stop there then? I would think... We'll come back to this. That will be the teaser now for the we next one. We have whetted one, their appetite. Because I know you have a lot of material and I have his book. He gave it to me himself and it has a lot of those data that were done in a sophisticated manner and I, we really owe it to our audience to be able to understand why you brought up this argument and why this is a very damaging discovery. Well, uh, you've heard basically uh, so far why it is crucial for us to do what we're doing here, myself and Dr. J. Smith, to bring to your attention many of these information and data that probably the majority of you, uh, unfortunately, have never heard of or uh, have no access to. And now we're hoping that this digital library that we're building for you will be one of those uh, resources that you can rely on. And you're welcome, of course, to investigate and inspect any of the sources that we have quoted for you. Until we meet in the next part, have a blessed day. Thanks for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe so that you don't miss future videos. And please consider becoming a patron on patreon.com forward slash Sierra International.